He who has ears to hear, let him keep on hearing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, before I begin preaching the text, I just want to point out a couple of things. And the first is this about the parable of the sower. When we hear this parable, we're tempted to think that it's a story about how people are converted or about how Christians are made. But that's not it. This is a parable about those who are already Christians, who already believe, who already have faith. And it's a parable about how they can lose that faith. Second, we're also tempted to think that this parable is about four different types of Christians, right? Four different uh, uh, sections neatly organized. But that's not it either. It's a parable about not four different types of Christians, but it's a parable about Christians, all of them. It's about what all Christians face throughout their life at various times. The parable describes what we all face at some point or another. Third, Jesus is describing in a very neat and organized way what is, for lack of a better word, a complete mess. So this is what I mean. When I would hear this text growing up, I would always picture four types of soil sectioned off with a clear delineation between each. This one here, this one there, this one over here, and that one, and so on and so forth. And this would be quite helpful in the church if we could just see this sort of division. So if we divided this church into four sections, right? I could say, okay, the people in the back half of this church, uh, you are the stubborn soil that the devil has snatched the word away from. And that back half over there, you're the rocky soil that has no roots and you're going to wither away soon. And you up front over here, you're the ones whose faith is being choked out by the cares of this world. And you up front here, who sit closest to the pulpit, I like you. <laughs> you're the good soil, right? Uh, but, but that's not how it is, right? So we, we oftentimes think of the text that way and, and, and very uh, um, sectioned off and compartmentalized. But the truth is, is that the soil is all mixed up. There's rocky soil within millimeters of the good soil. There's a thorny soil next to the path and so on and so forth. It's just this, this mixture and this complete mess. The seed is being tossed into that entire mess of that mixed up soil. And so it's the same thing in the church, in each section of this church, in each pew. There is a mixture of those who are being plagued right now with stubbornness. Others who are being plagued by the cares of this life. Others who are suffering. And others who believe. And you're all mixed up right now. And next week, some of you may change places. And it'll be mixed up again. And some of you may go from one soil to the other. Do you get it? The seed is being thrown into this mess of soil. The word is being preached and cast out to a mixture and a mess of sinful hearts. And the word will take root and bear fruit only on good soil. All right. So what is this parable about? It's a description, a picture of what it looks like. When the word of God is preached here in church. The seed is the word. The different soils are you. 
and the various things in that soil are the attacks on the Christian faith. So first, Jesus says, a sower went out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. What does this mean? Jesus tells us. It means the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that having believed, they are not saved. Simply put, the devil snatches away the word through inattention. And that's it. By not paying attention, by not listening, by not understanding. You pay attention to what is important. If, if you pay attention to the word of God, then it's because you find it important. And if you don't pay attention to the word of God, well, it's because you don't find it to be important. If you're on the verge of death, right, take this for example, you're ready to die at any moment and there's one medicine that's going to keep you alive that you have to take in a very specific way every single day to keep you from dying. I don't think anyone in the world is going to have to tell you twice to pay attention, right? You're going to listen because you know your life depends upon it. it, it it's, it's hanging on those words. And yet... When it comes to the words that save us from eternal death and damnation, it is so easy for us to stop paying attention. And when we don't, it just shows how slow we are to believe what those words say. If left unchecked, the inattention grows, and you know this well. If you miss church once, you are more likely to miss it again the next week and the week after that and the one after that you know this very well it's a snowball effect Fo follow me on this you you come to church but then you drift in and out of attention and then instead of repenting of it you shrug it off as if it's okay not to pay attention to the word of god next week you do the same thing and the next week after that and before you know it you're not even listening to any of the words you just sit there and then someone asks you, look, what was the sermon about? And you say, I don't know. And someone says, what was the lesson about? What was the Old Testament lesson? What was the epistle about? I don't remember. It goes in one ear, out the other. You come to church maybe once a month after that. And then once every few months. And then maybe we'll see you on Christmas or Easter. And then your heart begins to harden. No matter how many times you hear this word, it won't sink in. The words just bounce off of your stubborn heart and the devil comes and he snatches that away from your heart. That used to believe it, that once believed it. You hear the words, but you no longer believe the gospel or understand why you need the gospel. It's just noise. Word and sacrament Law and gospel, sin and grace and so on. They're just words that just, they're, they're cliches that hit your ear. A preacher could preach false doctrine. He could preach true doctrine. He could preach the best sermon. He could preach the worst sermon, whatever doctrine. And it makes no difference at that point. It's all the same. And you can't even tell the difference anymore. Now, I know, <clears throat> I know we oftentimes joke about falling asleep in church during the sermons or not knowing what it was about. I'm guilty of having joked this way before. But after 
really considering this text, my goodness, do I realize that this is not a joking matter. It's actually quite serious. It is a serious offense to not listen to the word of God, to not pay attention to it, to fall asleep while our Lord Jesus is speaking. And it's a sin that doesn't hurt anyone else, but it hurts us the most without knowing. We shouldn't make light of it. it, it, it and and if, with this being said, it's not really a good thing to spend your Saturday night doing something that will make you so tired that you can't pay attention the next day. Even more, talking to one another is a good thing. Good. Talk to one another. Speak to one another. Have a relationship with one another as the members. But it's not right to do this in the middle of the service. I'm not talking about taking care of a child who's crying or, or helping others who need it. I'm talking about conversations that can obviously wait for another time. What could possibly be more important than when Jesus is speaking? When it comes to paying attention in church, do whatever it takes. If that means going to bed at a decent time, if it means having four cups of coffee before the first hymn, if it means waking up at 4 a.m. And, and exercising, do it. Pay attention. Be active. Be active in listening to the word and taking it into your heart. You need to study it, memorize it, understand it. If there's something you don't understand, you have a Bible. We have Bibles. Open it up and read it and read it again. You can't afford to let the word of God be snatched away from you. Okay. Second, Jesus says some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. What does this mean? The ones on the rock are those when they heard the word, receive it with joy. But they have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. Simply put, some lose the faith when they suffer. I need to make uh, another point here. I've already lost track of how many points I've made in the sermon. But the point is, suffering is not harmful to faith. Suffering is not harmful to faith. It is not harmful to the Christian life. In fact, many of you have told me that it wasn't until a certain period or moment in your life when you experienced a lot of suffering and sorrow and a time of testing that you decided to come back to church. And you decided to pay attention to the words. And you even decided to understand what they say. It's as if suffering opened your ears to pay attention. So it's a, it can be a very good thing. But suffering can be harmful if it comes as a surprise. If suffering catches you off guard... If you're not expecting to suffer, if you're not ready for it, then it can kill your faith. If your faith is shallow, then it won't be able to withstand the heat of the day, the troubles of this life. The Bible clearly says that we should expect to suffer. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But many Christians don't believe it. They don't take it serious and they're not ready to suffer. And so they're shocked when they suffer. They have a sort of Joel Austin or Joyce Meyer sort of faith that expects the Christian life to be flooded with health and wealth and success and comfort after comfort and leisure and happiness. And then when troubles come, they're taken back 
And the moment they begin to suffer, the moment their, their marriage starts to crumble, the moment their family starts to fall apart, the moment their bodies are, are close, uh, getting closer to death and they're suffering and pain, they think, what is going on with me? What's happening? Everything was going so well. Life was supposed to get better when I was baptized. It was supposed to be better when I was a Christian, not worse. Have I done something wrong? Has God forgotten me? Why is this happening? Why me? And their weak and shallow faith can't survive it. Christians suffer and they carry crosses and we consider them to be a heavy burden and there will come a time when you will suffer greatly and you'll have to learn to cling to Jesus in the midst of all that suffering. But the temptation is to think that when the world mistreats you, when life is in shambles, when this life is far too sad for you, that you must no longer be a child of God. You're tempted to think that God has forgotten you, that he's cruel and unloving now. But Hebrews 12 says this, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. Learn those words. Memorize them. If you don't, you will lose the faith when you suffer. Now the third thing Jesus says is this. Some fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. What does this mean? There are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches of and pleasures of this life and their fruit does not mature. Simply put, Jesus is warning us about stuff and the cares of this life. The anxiety that you have over money, your body, your figure, your clothing, what you have, what you don't have, sports, being accepted and loved by the world, your job, your school, your leisure and entertainment, all of those things are the cares of this life. And Jesus compares them to weeds. They grow very slowly over time and they spread, eventually overwhelming and choking out your faith. It doesn't happen overnight. Weeds don't spring up like that. But the cares of this life slowly take over. They choke out your devotion to God. And here's the problem. Weeds are constant. You get it under control one week, one month, and then the next they're back. The cares of this life are constant. It is exhausting. I've heard people say this, look, pastor, I know I haven't been to church in a while, uh, but I'm going to get my life in order and then I'm coming back to church, I promise. To which I respond very sadly, say, I guess I won't see you again. And that's because there won't be a time in this life when the weeds are gone. I'll tell you the secret of the best time to go to church all the time, (laughs) especially when life is a mess. The cares of this life will not stop. And so you tend to your life, you have to tend to them your entire life or they will consume you. So uh, just a quick test. Do you think you're affected by the cares of this life? Or do you think you have it all under control? Just ask yourself this, honestly. How much have I prayed this week? How many books of the Bible have I read? What have I learned about God? And now ask yourself this. 
how many hours of brainless TV and videos have I watched? How many miles of internet and social media has my thumb scrolled through this week? How many hours of mindless words and posts have I read and devoted time to? Okay, I'm sure that's enough. For those of you who have heard and followed this sermon so far, don't stop. Keep on listening. If you realize, if you are aware of how much you don't pay attention, if that scares you, if you realize how many words the devil has snatched from your heart, if you notice how many times your faith has withered in the midst of suffering, how many hits it's taken, if you're aware of how consumed you are by the cares of this life and you see how sinful it all is, and if you know now how much you need God's forgiveness for all of this, then good. God has given you ears that hear. The gospel of Christ's forgiveness makes absolutely no sense unless you first understand how much you really need it. And if you're listening, if you're paying attention, the seed of God's forgiveness has fallen on the good soil of your heart that knows its sin. Repent and hear the gospel. This is why Jesus tells you in this parable. This is why he tells you this parable. He says it because he loves you and he wants to see you through this short life. He wants to warn you of all the things that will take you away from him and him away from you. He's warning you of all the things that try to rob you of this righteousness, this forgiveness, and the salvation and the comfort. He tells you this parable because he wants you to be in the heaven that he prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. He bothers himself to tell you this because he wants to bless you with salvation. The devil, the world, and the death, and death want you. The grave wants you. But the Lord Jesus wants you even more. And he shows you that he does because he was willing to suffer all those things for you. So when Jesus tells you this parable, think of them as his final words to you, as if he's pulling you close and saying, look, my dear child, I have one thing left for you to do. I want you to remember that there is nothing left for you to do. That there is nothing left for you to accomplish for your salvation. Because I have done it all. In my life and my death, I sought after you. I opened my heart to you. I suffered all things for you. I put you above all things in this world, above all the cares in this life for you. I hungered and thirsted for you. My undivided attention was on you because I love you. I poured out every drop of blood that was in my body for you, and I will gladly do it all again if I had to. So listen to these words and don't let anything take them away. Because when you have my word, then I have you. Dear saints, you will lose a lot of things in this life. But whatever you do, don't. Don't ever lose this word. Keep it close to you. Treasure it. 
And those of you who have ears to hear this, keep on hearing, keep listening to the word. Don't give up. Keep confessing that you are a poor, miserable sinner. Keep understanding your need for the forgiveness that Christ freely gives. Keep remembering your baptism. Keep that in the front of your mind. Keep on falling on your knees here every Sunday and receiving the Lord's Supper. Keep coming to church. Keep listening. Keep paying attention. Keep understanding. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. You only have a little while longer and cling to that word it is your eternal life it is everything to you it is worth far more than all the treasures of this world combined it is so precious those words show you the truth that the lord finds you to be precious he finds you to be his treasure he finds you worth more than anything don't forget it He who has ears to hear, let him keep on hearing. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.